Welcome whatever, you age, whatever age you are, wherever you're from, wherever you've started today. We're hoping that by the end of this gathering, something good has been sown into your spirit so that something good can be grown from that place. Is that all right? We're going to put down some deeper roots today and we're going to ask our God, our eternal, uh, loving, wonderful, magnificent God to speak to us each uniquely and individually just because we think the power of the Word of God still stands true, okay? So we're going to open our Bibles and I'm going to give you a, a little tip. We're going to look at Matthew 11 and we're going to look at Psalm 1. So if you want to get ahead and sort of know what's going to be said, Matthew 11 and Psalm 1 is where we're going to be today. And we're going to continue this series on finding peace. And finding peace, we've talked about anxiety. Pastor Stan talked about anxiety. He talked about burnout. And there's uh, some great tools that you can go and find there on the website, on the socials and everything. You can go and listen to those messages. Go and check out the podcasts. The podcasts have been really, really fun. It's called The Elaborators. So you can check that out in, on YouTube and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts as well. And then last week, of course, Pastor Inakay came up and just gave us the answer, which was just don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. That was from before 2000. Bobby McFerrin, oh my goodness. Yes, kids, that was number one on the radio. We had that song. That was our number one song. Whatever you're listening today to today, it's just, it's wrong, kids. It's, it's wrong. Bobby McFerrin had it going on. Don't worry, be happy. Here's the emoji version of what we've all been feeling, and you just need to pick one. Did you know people, people born after 1995... We used to have to tell people how we felt without pictures. <laughs> we, we had to draw a little sunshine with like little dots around it. I'm happy today. And then if you were really smart, if you were really clever, you drew the big eyeballs with the big eye. Anyone? Where are the cartoonists? You drew too much and then people got completely confused. Uh, you know, I, 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 I used to have a girlfriend in high school. True story. I know, I know, it seems like nobody sat with me and nobody, but seriously, at one point, there was this girl that liked me, and we wrote letters to each other. You get a pen and a, don't worry. So whatever you're feeling today on the spectrum, here's what I want to do. I want to play a quick game of Jeopardy with you. Do you guys like the game of Jeopardy? Jeopardy is a really fun game. Jeopardy is the game where it gives you the answer first, all right? And then all you've got to do is what? Figure out the question. You've got to figure out the question. So this answer, if you can get the question for this answer, I'm going to tell you up front it's worth like 10,000 points and a grass hut built by Inakay. That's what I'm thinking. That's, that's, I didn't discuss this prize with you before. But say 10,000 points and you get a gold star, okay? And you get a high five from the person sitting next to you. So if you can get the answer by the end of this gathering, you get a gold star. So here's, here's, here's the question. I, oh, here's the answer. Here's the answer. I've got to give you the answer. Almost got it wrong. The answer is, wait for it, rest. That's the answer. So you've got the scriptures we're going to work with. Matthew 11 and Psalm 1, and now you know the answer. Rest. Everyone say rest. 
Okay, that's the answer. What's the answer? The answer is rest. So you've already figured out what the answer is. So all we have to do is figure out how to do that. Where are the uh, adult human beings in the house that have totally nailed rest? Oh, there's a couple of people bold. There's a couple of people bold. The rest of you are shyly sort of sitting on your hands going, I haven't done this. Online, if anybody online has nailed rest, just please let us know because we want to come to your seminar. Okay? When I come to your seminar. But here's the deal. If rest is the answer, all we have to do is figure out the question. So we go to Matthew eleven twenty eight, and it says this. Are you tired? <laughs> so we just stop there, right? It's, it's, it's November. This, if, you've, if you've lived through this week in Victoria, you've seen, I don't know how many seasons we've had this, this week, but like 27 different seasons. I don't even know. Uh, COVID is, is going around again. That's, that's impacted my house. My, my kids, uh, some of my kids get asthma and there's been these asthma storms and all this kind of stuff. And Jody and I have been up literally every night and we've had things on in the morning and things on at night. And we've been trying to coordinate with other parents to get kids to sport and school and days off so that someone's home with the kid and someone's at work, all of that. Am I describing anyone else's week? It's kind of whatever your version of that is. I didn't get a lot of sleep this week. So are you tired? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus knows our hearts. He knows our humanity. And I love that he just asked the basic question. You tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? What's religion? Religion is dogmatic practice that doesn't give you any life. It's faith without relationship. That's what religion is. Okay, so for all of you sort of going, hang on, you're a part of a church, you're a religious minister. Yes, I, I, I'm a minister of religion. That's what it says when I sign the little form when I go through the airport. But I am a speaker about the relationship we are to have with our creator through Jesus' son. Because religion is a dogmatic practice that you do over and over and over and over and over again out of guilt, out of, out of, out of obedience to another human being, whatever it happens to be, but it brings no life. If, you're, if your religious practice is not bringing you life, if it's not actually helping you grow and bringing you peace, that's religion, not relationship. So are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? And here's what he says. This is Jesus. He says, come to me. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. What's missing when you're feeling worn out, when you're feeling tired, when you are lacking rest? You are lacking life. So if you come away, he says, you'll recover your life, and I'll show you how to take a real rest, to take a real rest. Now, here's what I know about finding peace. Finding peace is a really good aim. It's a beautiful, holy, uh, wonderful aim. But most of us still think it's an elusive illusion. We still think that we, we can't find it, we can't know it, because our lives are too busy, our lives are too stressful. We've talked about those, the, the anxieties and the burnout and the worry and all of those things. And what we've said over these few weeks is we can't get rid of those things. They are part of how you are wired as a human. But what we can do is teach you that rest is more than just stopping doing stuff. It's not just stopping doing stuff because there are things in our worlds that if you stop doing them, somebody else would suffer. That's why we do them. If I didn't get up every morning and help my children eat, that would be bad for my children. Or at midnight, or at three o'clock in the morning, or all the other times. 
I'm a parent. I, I don't stop being a parent just because I, I want to sleep, right? And there are parts of your world that are like that too. So it's not just about sleep. That's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about a peace that passes understanding, that helps understand how you're wired as, as a human. Jesus was speaking to the humans. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? He was talking to the humans. It's okay. We know that Jesus is speaking directly to us. And he says that we can find peace. So we said at the start, the answer is... So the question that we ask all the time is, what do you want? What is it that you want? Because ultimately, this is going to come down to some sort of version of what you think will fulfill that need. So you just come up with a series of questions. I wish people were nicer to me. I wish they gave me more money. I wish they gave me more respect. I wish people understood me. I wish people cared. And as you understand, all of those things come back to how I feel about me that the community around me is not responding to correctly. Why don't I have peace? Because of what's happening between these two ears. Do, do, you know, do you know that you can actually find peace despite enemies gathering around you? He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. So if that's actually true, if the, if, if the Bible is true, if the wisdom of the Bible is true and it applies to me today, even though I'm tired, even though I'm weary, even though I'm worn out, if that wisdom is still true, that says to me, I don't need you to change your behavior for me to feel better. I just want to help you out there. Because I don't know if you knew this about the other humans, but they don't know what's going on in your head. They don't. They don't. And, and if we're honest, most of you all don't want to know what's going on in my head if we're honest. But I do know a God who knows what's going on in my heart. He says, I know every hair in your head. I know every thought and I know, I know every step that you take and I've gone before you and I see the sparrow that falls and I see the, 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 the flowers that bloom and grow. I've been there. I've been there for the whole of creation. I know you inside and out. And if you are weary and if you are tired, come to me. So it's not actually what do I want? It's what does he require of me? So when we look at this Matthew 11, he says, here's the call, come to me. It's a really simple call, come to me. There's a really simple qualification that you need to follow this call. You ready for the qualification? Here it is, all who are weary and burdened. If you are weary and burdened, you're qualified. You feeling good about that? You're qualified to follow the call. And here's the gift, I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. I think that's a wonderful setup. Come to me, Jesus says. That's the call. All who are in burden, you are qualified. Congratulations. You can follow the call. And the gift is rest. And yet, as we gather today, a lot of us are saying, but Pastor Justin, I don't feel rested. I don't feel that rest. I don't feel that peace. In, in, a, in, a, in a book called The Art of Rest, the author Claudia Hammond wrote this down, that rest deficit, both perceived and real, is damaging in many ways. There's a couple of stats here from around the world. Today in the UK, half a million people are suffering from work-related stress. In the US, 13% of injuries sustained at work can be attributed to fatigue. More than a quarter of people have fallen asleep at work and 16% have fallen asleep recently while driving. Tesla, bring it on. Just make the cars do the work because we're snoozing anyway. 16%? 
All right, hands up. Who is it? <laughs> Do you ever see that car in front of you just sort of doing that wave and you just think, if I honk, to, to, is that mean or does that help them? Or we, we need some more gestures from our cars, don't we? We need like a hand that reaches out and slaps the other car and says, Oi! <laughs> not, not wanting to be rude here. I just, you know, stay awake. Rest deficit is a really, really big deal. If we look at the etymology of the word rest, and I'm going to try this the best I can, the old English word, reasta, reasta, is that how you say that? Is derived from the old high German word, rasta, which I thought was rastaman, no? And the old Norse word, rost, which in addition to rest, in the sense we understand it, also meant league of miles or distance after which one rests. You've done something and now you need to rest. So the etymology strengthens the notion that rest comes after or through activity. But, 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 if all you do is rest, you will not feel rested. You following? But after a certain point, rest is needed and deserved, and you are then in a state of proper restfulness. Okay, so rest is not rest for rest's sake. Rest comes after a journey. It comes after momentum. It comes after doing. Come away with me, and I will give you rest. Remember, Jesus says, come to me, all who are in burdens, you're qualified, and I will give you rest, and that's the gift. And the gift comes after the thing that has made you want the rest. Now, here's a couple of things from that same book. They, they interviewed 18,000 people, 18,000 people from multiple nations around the world, and they came up with a top 10 list of things that help give you rest. Rest, here they are, mindfulness, good. Everyone's into mindfulness? Listen to a podcast, watch, watch the peeps on TV about the mindfulness stuff, it's a good exercise, there's lots to that. Watching TV! Okay, fine, just me. Daydreaming, where are my daydreamers at? Where are the people, where are the people that in the middle of the conversation that your important other person in your life is having with you you realize that you haven't heard a word they said because there was a special rainbow out there to look at. And look, Jodes, if you're watching, I'm sorry that you do that all the time. <laughs> My wife is at home looking after some sick children this week, this Sunday, so I still love you, except me when I come through the door. Um, a nice hot bath. Who knew the English were onto something? Where are the bath people? Where are the bath? Some people are just like, no, worst thing in the world, gross, yuck. Where are the gross, yuck people? Yeah, no, yeah, mm-hmm, no. Yeah, nice hot bath, there you go. You now have any, I'm giving you excuses, people, to use these things. A good walk. Remember when your parents said, go outside? They were doing two things. One of them was, go away from me because I don't have the strength anymore to communicate with you. And then they're saying, just go for a walk because it's good for you. A lot of this stuff is actually intuitive. So we're into the top five. So we're waiting for hanging out with family and friends to show up in our list. You ready? Here's number five. Doing nothing in particular. <laughs> Told you, this is a gift, my friends. <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing. Did you know your teenage self was really wise? Did you know that? What are you doing, mate? Nothing. Who are you hanging out with? No one. 
What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing later? Nothing. Oh, dude, it blows my mind. We were so wise when we were teenagers. And we filled our lives up with stuff. Listening to music is a good one. Listening to music. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, for me, it's always Beethoven's fifth. Being alone. Did you know? Being alone. Where are the, where are the loners? The lonely loners? Yep. Now, I know. Again, I'll just give a little, a little apologetic here for all the people that are accused of being outgoing, like myself. Um, I don't like the humans sometimes, too. And so I've discovered that being alone, that's why I love a good long drive. I grew up in country Victoria and I used to love my two-hour drives to the city to, for, for whatever I was doing because I would just, it would just be me, be me and my thoughts and, and whatever else. Being alone is good for you. Spending time in nature. None of these are really revelationary, are they? We're still waiting for family and friends to show up, by the way. And the number one thing, Reading. That got an applause. Did you know, did you know that family and friends did not make the top 10 at all? So for all of those people who were thinking, I should, I should feel just so, you know, refueled by hanging out with my family. Uh, no. Number 12. Number 12. It was close. It was close. But for all of those who are thinking, now I feel a bit guilty for not being refueled, you don't have to. Just go outside, go for a walk and do nothing at all. All. Psalm 1 says this, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers. Now, up on the screen, you've got the message version of that. So I just read the plain English version of that. And on the screen, you're going, hang on, that's different language. Yes, it is, because this is what I love. How well God must like you. (gasps) Somebody likes you. Now, when we're talking about anxiety and depression and all of those things, one of the first things to go is this sense of self and this sense of being needed or wanted or loved. That's the first thing the enemy is going to attack, your sense of self, your sense of fitting into a community around you. And the being alone thing that we talked about before is not the same thing as loneliness. It's not the same thing as being isolated from a community. It's not the same thing as the mental game that says nobody loves me. And this is what this scripture actually says, how well God must like you. You don't walk in the ruts of those blind as bats. You don't stand with the good for nothing. You don't take your seat among the know-it-alls. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You are a tree planted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in Blossom, Isn't that a beautiful picture? All you beautiful people that understand the word of God and totally live in that space all the time. Here's the thing. Weather patterns happen. So if we go with the botanical picture, right? If you're a tree and you're planted and your roots aren't very deep, guess what? If it doesn't rain, you die. If it rains too much, you drown. If the winds come, you fall over. But, 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 this is not that botanical picture. This picture is one whose roots are firmly, deeply embedded into the ground. So much so that they're not even relying on the weather patterns around them. 
They're deep down into the firmament, into those, those, water, those water flows that flow underneath the earth. That's kind of the depth of this botanical image. This botanical image is not one of a little tree planted amongst a bunch of shrubbery. It's not that. This is a mighty tree that is so deeply and firmly rooted that the weather patterns don't even matter. It doesn't even rely on them because it's so deeply rooted that it can gain sustenance no matter what the weather. That's what this is about. They are always in blossom. It says, how blessed are you? How, how well God must walk like you. You don't take your seat amongst the know-it-alls. That's not what this is about. It's not about pride. Instead, you thrill to God's word. If you're the one who's thrilling to God's word, if this thing is actually speaking life to you, then you are one whose roots are firmly planted because the, the word of God itself says that it will not return void. So if you're getting this into you, you are putting your roots down deep into a God who knows you and loves you. And the more you hold this thing up, the more it reflects back to you how he created you, how he made you, how it is even possible to be in the storms, to be in the dry season, to be in the floods, to be in the fire and yet be able to draw nourishment because it's in you. It's in you. It's in you. What's the answer? Rest. We're going to get to the question real soon. We're going to get to the question real soon. There's a thing called Lectio Divina. Have you guys heard of Lectio Divina? It sounds smart because it's Latin. And if you say Latin words, people think you're smart. But here it is. It's just a, it's just a tradition of how to reflect on the Word of God. I'm just gonna give it to you real quick. A lot of you already know this. There are four steps to it. Lectio. See, it sounds smart when you say Lectio, Meditato, Ratio, Completato. Or it sounds like someone cooking, I don't know. But this is about enjoying time and rest in God. And so you take a scripture like Psalm 1 and you read it. And then you do that again. You read it. Come away with me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take time aside, read, meditate. This is, not, this is not the kind of meditation that some people are taught of emptying your brain. That's not what this, what this is about. Because I don't think, I actually disagree with the whole philosophy of that. I, don't, I believe it's not possible to empty your brain. It's not possible to find a place of Zen where nothing is happening because there's always something going on. This is the exact opposite of that. This is getting something that's going to anchor your heart, soul, body, mind, all of who you are, and it's anchoring it so deeply that you meditate on it and you can exclude other things. The Word of God is an incredible tool. Do not underestimate the power of stopping, coming away, and reading and meditating on the Word. The reason we're still using the Psalms a few, you know, millennia later is because it's still good to meditate on. The Psalms are a book of prayer and songs. We are commanded to sing, we are commanded to bring a new song, and we are commanded to pray. If you don't know how to do that, start this way. Open the Bible, start at Psalm 1, and read it. I know, rocket science, yeah? Meditate on it. Pray, Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this? And then throughout your day, contemplate. You know when the scripture says you, you will pray without ceasing? I cease speaking prayers all the time. Because I have to do, you know, real life. And talk to the other people and do things. So as much as Simon and I would like to believe that whilst planning gatherings and, and, and wonder and all of those things is a prayer, it's actually just a really practical conversation to get things done. 
So the idea of praying without ceasing shouldn't be the kind of thing that you feel guilty about or overwhelmed about. It's just this sense of meditating on what you have learned. So that's Lectio Divina, very simple, very powerful tool. It looks simple there on the screen. It, 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 looks, kind of, it looks kind of smart, right? Just try it this week. When you're alone, having a bath whilst watching TV. Is that what we came up with? Something like that. Go for a walk. Contemplate. Let's go back to Matthew 11. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. This is what Psalm 1 says. Blessed are those, and I wrote it this way, rested are they that delight in the Lord. If you delight in the Lord, rest happens. Blessed are those that delight in the Lord. On his law they meditate day and night. Blessed are those who delight in the Lord. You, you catching this? Matthew again says, walk with me and work with me. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And then it says this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You know what rest is? The unforced moments. Because rest is not the same as sleep. You haven't got enough time to get enough sleep. Rest is not the same as sleep. But rest is an unforced moment. And if we come away, and if we let him speak to us, he will give us rest by learning the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Keep company. Meditate. Keep company with me. Meditate on these things day and night, and you'll learn. You'll actually learn this. It's not something you know. It's something you've got to learn. That's why we're fighting our own human nature, because this is a spiritual exercise. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. When we talk about all those who are burdened and weary, we are talking about a weight, but you can't show me your weight, because it's somewhere internal. It's the head space. It's the heart space, but it actually has a physicality to it. When you are feeling anxious, when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling burnt out, we've talked about this over the last few weeks, there's a feeling, there's a heaviness, there's a weight to it. And this scripture promises that we can learn to live freely and lightly. What's the answer? Rest. Matthew 11, come to me. That's the instruction. That's the call. All who are weary and burdened, you're qualified if you fit into that category. What's the gift? I will give you rest. So let's go back to our game of Jeopardy. If the answer is rest, then the question is, what is delighting in the Lord? Because when you delight in the Lord, the scripture promises us you'll get the answer. Rest. If you're lacking peace, it, it could be just this simple. You've refused Jesus' gift. Because remember what he said in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In that same 
chapter, there's, there's so many dynamics going on and we can't just take those words and, and isolate them and think nothing else was going on because Jesus was kind of busy at the time. It wasn't a moment of zen when he was speaking these truths. He was speaking these truths amongst the chaos. He was speaking these truths amongst those who were arguing with him, those who actually wanted him dead. He was speaking these truths to them. He was speaking these truths amongst cities that wanted to get rid of him, even though he had healed people and ministered to people as they'd gone through. He was speaking this despite the environment around him. Why? Because he was the, he was the perfect example of one planted by the waters, by the living waters with roots down so deep that it didn't matter what the weather was on the surface, the roots were still nourishing. The Word of God was still returning to Him. You know, though, the person that quotes the Scriptures the most in Scripture is Jesus. Jesus came and quoted Scripture because He knew the power of it. He knew the power of it. So if the answer is rest could be that you're asking the wrong question. You're starting with, oh, 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 oh. could you please like me more? Could you please give me more money? Could you please appreciate me more? Could you please empathize with me more? Could you please understand me more? And we keep asking these, of peop- asking these questions of other people, even though we can't give that to other people. If you can't do it for other people, how do you expect other people to do it for you? We can get better at empathy and better at understanding and better at being people of gospel of truth that carry peace, carry that dove of peace and give it out. We can get better at that, but ultimately we still need to point ourselves and others to the source of life. If the answer is rest, then the question I have for us is, what is delighting in the Lord? And hopefully today you've seen a couple of things that can help you delight in the Lord. Singing together is one of those things. Reading the Word is one of those things. We, we, we gather in life groups. We have prayer times together. Whatever it takes for you to get out of the rut of waiting for somebody else to fix it for you, start maybe with that Lectio Divina thing. Just open the Word. It'll speak to you, I promise you. This thing is spoken to me as a child and as an adult. When I understood the words and when I didn't understand the words, when I understood the concept, I'm still trying to understand it. I'll be doing that for my entire life. And so will you because you cannot, you cannot uncover all the beauty of this book in one lifetime. That's why it keeps going and it's going and it's going and it's going and it's giving life and it's giving life and it's giving rest and it's giving rest and it's giving peace that passes understanding. Are you burdened? Are you worn out? Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Father God, we thank you for the rest that you grant us, for the rest that you offer us. I pray that today we might take a step towards you. You have given us the invitation, come to me. You have told us we are are qualified because we need that rest. We need that peace. We come to you as people who are weary and burdened, who are, who are frustrated by the circumstances. But Lord, help us to be those who are planted with deep, deep roots that hold up in any season and allow peace to flow in and through our lives, that we would be those that give of the peace that we receive. But Lord, pray that even though there's sleepless nights, 
even though there is a lack of energy in so many of our lives. I pray that you would grant us rest and I pray that we would know how to receive it. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church.